Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. I'm Annie. And I'm Leah. And this is Lactation Business Coaching with Annie and Leah, where we talk about the smart way to create a compassionate and professional private practice. Let's dive in. Well, hey there, Leah. Hey, Annie. How are you? It has been so long since we recorded together. It's been the whole summer. We really took our promise to take a hiatus seriously. Absolutely. And I'm glad we did. It felt good to have some space and we got to come up with some great new ideas and really get creative. I'm super excited about this next season of our podcast. Me too. We're kicking it off with nurture your private practice, expand the circle of care. So this hiatus that both of us took was really about nurturing our private practices and our business. And I know both of us did do some fun stuff, including hanging out at your pool in Houston. That was like highlight of the summer for me and my, my family. We had such a fun time being together in person. It's amazing. I know that was so fun. And it was just like, after all that's gone on in the last year and a half, it was a dream come true that we were finally actually able to be in person together and our families together, which was even more fun. I'm so glad you guys made it down to Houston. Me too. And we had originally, we were like, oh yeah, we'll record a podcast while I'm there. But we were like, <laughs> actually, we're just going to float in the pool and sit in the hot tub and not do any Absolutely. work. Hang out. And that was great. It really was. So before we get into our topic for this episode, nurture your private practice, expand the circle of care, just wanting to let you know that registration is open for clinical complexities in private practice, which is 30 hours of clinical trainings, all focused on implementation for private practice. Leah is actually one of the speakers. She's doing these case studies of all of these things that she's seen in her private practice where it's all the unicorns. It's all the stuff where they're like, it'll never be that. But for Leah, 
it is that. And so she's got pictures and she's got stories. I'm super excited for that one. And Leah and I are also going to be doing two deeper dives as part of this clinical track, deeper dive into nurturing your business and deeper dive into clinical complexities in November and December. So anyone who registers for clinical complexities in private practice will get access to those deeper dives. And early bird pricing is currently available through the middle of November. So you get a discount, you get to hang out with us, you get all these amazing clinical trainings, and you can go to paperlesslactation.com slash course to learn more about that. So let's dive into our episode today. Yeah, I'm really excited about this topic because I think it is such an evolution of discovering this concept of nurturing your private practice and, and how that actually really serves your clients so well. And, but it didn't start out like that. (laughs) I think both of us didn't start out with a business mindset. I know I didn't. I was so excited about just the opportunity to help more families uh, because I was so helped by somebody who knew a little bit more than me about lactation. And I was like, just in the mindset purely of how can I help more families? That's all I care about. I just love lactation. I love the journey I had. I want to give back. I want to know everything I could possibly know about lactation so that I can help another family. Never on my mind was like, wow, I'm going to be this amazing entrepreneur that's building this business. And I just did not have a business mindset when I started out. And so the way I came to it just wasn't from a business perspective at all. But boy, has that developed over the years, you know? How about for you, Annie? I think you and I had a very similar journey in that. Very similar. And I was like, you mean I can help people with their babies? Just like my lactation consultant, Kathy Watson-Jenna helped me just kind of feeling that like really deep desire to make a difference in the world and do something that helped other people and make money. I was like, okay, I could like, I could get paid to do this. If I become an IBCLC, I can charge money for this. And that was kind of all I really thought about. I wasn't really thinking it wasn't like I, you know, sat down and was like, okay, here's my 10 year plan. Here's my 20 year plan. And here's my business plan. It begins with me becoming an IBCLC and it ends with total world domination. (laughs) Yeah, that was not how this worked. It was more I like, I, so. I could do that. I would love yeah. to do that. Yeah. And getting totally. really like geeking out on all of the, you know, clinical stuff that I was learning in my training and just being so in love with like all of the science and physiology and yeah, immunology. And it's interesting how I kind of stepped in my toes into the pool of the business world. I'll, I'll tell you, it's kind of a funny story. So At the time, my original business partner and I had studied for the exam together and we would meet at this coffee shop every week. We had like a little schedule to study for our exam, right? So every single week we were like super dedicated. I mean, the stacks of note cards we created were astronomical because we were like every single week on clock, we would each like have new note cards to drill the other person, you know? And so then we took the exam and we're like, well, what do we do now? And we literally kind of were like, well, do you want to like start a business or something? Like literally that was our, like, we're like, I don't know. What are we going to do now? Like we, we got to keep meeting. Right. Cause we were having so much fun meeting and we were like, okay, yeah, let's do that. 
And so we're like, okay, let's meet next week because we already finished the exam. And, and so we're like, well, let's meet next week and we'll look at like businessy stuff. We literally had to totally shift gears from all this like science and everything. And we were like, well, let's let's look at what what would we have to do to like be officially a business. And so then our meetings evolved and we met every week again from the time, you know, and and the way they do it, you got to wait those three months to get your exam results. So so we kept meeting and every week we were like, okay, well, let's dig into what what would this look like? And I had to really shift out of like all this sciencey stuff and realize like, oh my gosh, to do this for real, like you got to think about all these other things. And that was so eye-opening because it was certainly not anything on my radar up to the day I took the test. I wasn't even thinking about that. I mean, you can't really while you're studying for that test. And like you and I both took the test again this spring for our tenure yes. recertification. <laughs> and I like basically had to like, I was like, I, I don't know how to help you right now. Like I would be sitting with a client and I would be like, that is so fascinating because did you know that the, <laughs> like I was like random factoid, <laughs> random facts that I was trying to memorize for this exam, which I was like, I would never like go down this rabbit hole any other time in a consult, except for yeah. right now. So like, you can't think about anything else. And, you know, for me, you took, a, it sounds like you and your, and your previous uh, partner took a really more like thought out approach to it where you were like, okay, but this is a business and we have to do X, Y, and Z. The place that I was in my life at the time is I was going through a major kind of life transition, career transition. I had been working towards one thing, which was, I thought I was going to become a big time screenwriter, movie producer. I had some jobs in each one. I thought I was like, now this is it. Like Hollywood's going to start calling. My ship is going to come in. My career never really took off as a screenwriter. And then I was like, okay, I have, I have nothing right now. I don't have this job. Now I have a baby and I can't, I can't even fathom the work that it takes to pursue a career in screenwriting with a baby. And I know people do it, but for me, it was like, how am I going to leave my baby behind, fly to Los Angeles, do pitch meetings. My husband works in film production. So we also have to find money for childcare because like he can't take off work for me to do this plus pay for it. And we have no money because I have no screenwriting job. So I was in this right. like kind of death spiral of like, Oh man. Anything is better than what I have right now. I could either go negative and blow out our whole like financial future trying to <laughs> pursue this dream that I'm no longer in love with in the way that I was before I had kids or I could follow this path where I'm like this is meaningful work. This is babies. I was helped so much and let me start by figuring out how at the very least I can make it so that I'm contributing something to the household income. And I was very fortunate in terms of our financial situation at the time is because my husband was killing myself working 18 hour days on film sets. We could get by on a one salary family, you know, one income family. So my goal was just not to take away from that, but I wasn't really thinking at the beginning how it could be an actual business. I was like, let me just figure out how to do this. And so a lot of, you know, the kind of main things that you need to be a business owner, which is having your, you know, set policies and procedures and knowing how to comply with all the, you know, HIPAA and stuff and actually having a plan to be profitable. Those were not on my radar when I first started out. I was like, let me just do the bare minimum 
to be a private practice lactation consultant. And there also wasn't a lot of guidance out there 10 years ago, either on private. There's one book that was like, well, maybe nobody will ever make money at this, but it's still fun. And I was like, (laughs) okay, I guess I picked a glorified hobby. And that never really sat right with me. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I know people were out there doing it, but it definitely wasn't in the circles of lactation. I feel like the ones that were there at the time, 10 years ago, it just wasn't really, you know, a conversation that people were having. Like, what are you doing with your private practice? How are you building it? What's, you know, it was just not a conversation, not these wonderful conversations you and I have. (laughs) Hence the reason why we do what we do. But yeah, it was really, when I went into it at the time, I was a stay-at-home mom kind of doing some odd jobs here and there. I worked in some some business to business sales stuff, but I again was similar to you, like was fortunate in the sense that I didn't I needed to contribute, but I didn't have like this huge financial burden behind it. And I really hadn't even really thought about the money aspect. I was more like, well, let me make sure like the legal stuff is taken care of properly because you know I'm a rule follower. That was kind of what was on my mind first. But even like HIPAA stuff, I feel like 10 years ago, we knew, okay, we've got to have you know, like general privacy stuff, but the like the level that I understand now, like nobody was talking about that in private practice 10 years ago, you know? So it's been such an evolution. It's been such an evolution. But I think when we started out, we might've had this nice little business plan and everything. And, and we did our steps and, you know, we made our LLC and took care of the rule following, but we jumped head first into the pool of people and just gave all we gave all we were just like i will do whatever anybody asks me to do because i am here to help all the world and i will sacrifice anything at the cost of like being available for all the people at all the times because i guess in my mind that was just kind of like what you did as a lactation consultant like nobody had ever talk to me about having a boundary around this, you know, because La Leche League, I know that's where you came from too, Annie. And I feel like that was pretty boundaryless, you know, like I remember talking, you know, being on the phone with moms at like 10 p.m. at night, like nursing my own kiddo, trying to talk a mom through something because it was just a mom talking to a mom, you know, and it just felt so do whatever you got to do whenever. And so I just kind of drew that right into my private practice and just put everybody first. Kind of then I was like, okay, well, my business is set up. Here I go full force into doing the work. And I don't know if that was like the the right mode that I would recommend for everybody because it definitely made it to where I had some really hard lessons along the way of like, oh my gosh, if you're going to run a business, you can't just be serving your clients. You have to like also run a business. And that was a hard lesson. Totally. Same for me. And I just like had no idea what I was supposed to do. I knew that I was supposed to, like, I I think I had this idea that like, okay, they're going to come to me, they're going to have problems. And then I'm going to help them until they don't need my help anymore. Exactly. And that's what they're paying me for. Because I was also just starting out. I really felt like, well, I need to make sure that like people really feel like I help them. And I couldn't think of any way to do that other than to just have no boundaries. Like you were saying, like I can remember and like definitely agree about La Leche League. It was like when they called you answered, like Mm -hmm. that that was it. Like whatever time, you know, they need your help and really, really feeling like all these things were so urgent and, you know, not really having a, a healthy sense of that respect for myself as a person in this. 
I, I mean, I didn't have a lot of confidence in my clinical skills either. And so it was kind of like, well, let me like under promise and over deliver, which is sort of how I operate in a lot of ways and starting to realize maybe that's not the best, you know, it's, it's all complicated. It, it feels <laughs> We're really all learning selfish still <laughs> to set a boundary. Yeah. I mean, cause it feels like, first of all, it feels like great to help other people. Like when you're mm-hmm. like us, you're like, that feels good. What's wrong about that. That feels like the most virtuous step to take is the step that puts the other person first. And it also feels really selfish to be like, well, I have to put myself first above somebody who needs me. Like, that's really hard for me. Like the way I've just been socialized and conditioned. And I don't know, my therapist certainly has thoughts about why I'm like that, but, um, but I really do like see their needs as more important than mine as a, as a clinician, like it's about you and there's that goal centered care. And I want to work with meet you where you are. But like, at the end of the day, I'm like, well, whatever you need is more important than what I need in the moment when you need me. Yeah. And And I think the work we do feels urgent. I mean, you're thinking about a baby getting fed. I mean, that feels like you can't put that off for weeks. Be like, oh, I can see you in three weeks. Uh, Sorry, you feel like your baby might not be eating. Like the thought of that or like, oh my gosh, your nipples are cracked and bleeding just feels so urgent because I've been in that situation before and I know how horrible it felt. So it, it just felt right to always say like, oh my gosh, you know, I will drop all the things and come rush to your doorstep, even if it's 8 p.m., because I'm just so, I can't imagine leaving you hanging by any means. You know what I mean? And so totally, I think our work just leads us to that like sense of urgency. And it really is a unique piece of our work because I don't know that there's other, because we don't really have like a safety net, you know, like, because a doctor can be like, hey, if it's that urgent, go to the ER, right? Yeah. It doesn't feel like, that would be the same, like, oh, your nipples are bleeding. Well, if it's that urgent, go to the ER. Like, what is yeah. the ER going to do for bleeding nipples? They're going to be like, okay, don't breastfeed. <laughs> like, that, like, exactly. You know, so well, I mean, then they like, do say stuff like that. Like, that's the do. thing is like, oh, we want them to get the right information and yeah. we want them, we want to, we really want to protect them from the harm that could be done to them when they get the yes, wrong information. Like, that's, it's hard, but it is a really hard situation to be in for sure. But, you know, I think we come back to like, well, what are the things that we tell our clients when they're feeling so overwhelmed and like everything's so urgent and they're like, I can't, I can't get every, I can't get to all my kids. Everybody's crying at me and pulling at me. And what do I do? And you got to put your oxygen mask on first before you can help anybody else, because without you, you can't help anybody. And I remember that. And we tell that to our clients all the time. But from this perspective of thinking about that and being the business person who is feeling like, oh my gosh, all these urgent cases are pulling at us. And oh, what do I do? What do I do? You know, we don't turn that advice to us. Why is that? <laughs> Things we I need know. to dig into with our therapist, right? Yeah, for real. I'm, I'm <laughs> digging, I'm actually digging really deep into it because in the LPEC clinical complexities track that I talked about earlier, I'm developing a one hour. I don't know if I talk as long as I usually talk about things, it might even be more than an hour. I haven't, <laughs> I haven't recorded it yet, or it's going to be a, one of the live sessions for LPEC. That's going to go into some of the research behind why this happens to people in helping professions yeah, and why, you know, kind of like in a nutshell, and we don't really have time in this episode to dig that deep into it. And that's why we're going to have a, a deeper dive 
so that we can really go deep into it. And I can bring some of this more, even more of this research because there's more that's not even going to fit in the presentation that I'm writing. Like I'm finding so much stuff wow. as I'm really delving into this is that the problem is self-care, the the, con- the very concept of self-care is a harmful concept. And mm-hmm. I think any of us working with families understand that. Like it's ridiculous to tell a new parent, oh, just make sure you take care of yourself. You know, what is that? Bubble baths and chocolate is and like fuzzy socks. That's what our culture says is going to fix it all. But you're like, that doesn't, that's a bandaid or that's like, or that's hard. Like I can't do that. Like I don't have time for that self-care. Somebody needs to be taking care of me. And, and you and I've both like really benefited from the deeper dive we did with Jabina Coleman, the lactation therapist, because her whole message is everybody wants to hold the baby who will hold the mother. And Mm -hmm. that this is a a variation on that concept thinking about like, yeah, I mean, first of all, number one, she's absolutely right about what new families need. And then if we look at it we say like, okay, well, what about us? Like, what about our businesses? Are we taking care of our businesses? From the same perspective, I like that. It's like every lactation consultant wants to help all the mamas, but who's helping us? Like who's taking care of us? You know, and it's kind of like that same concept is our focus is so on helping all the families, but oftentimes that leaves ourselves or our business truly in a hard place where it's not getting the care and attention that it needs. Definitely. And that's where that whole like idea of a circle comes into play. It's like, first of all, you start out your business. There's a lot you need of work you need to put into it at the outset. But the goal is to create a business that is going to take care of you. And that's the circle. That's the start of the circle. It's that movement. It's like, I'm putting into my business because what I put into my business, my business is going to give back to me. My business is going to take care of me. It's going to take care of me financially. It's going to take care of me reputationally. It's going to take care of my need for intellectual stimulation and my need to be creative and my need to have meaning in the world. My business is going to do that for me. And it's it also needs to then sustain itself without effort from us. And when we do that for ourselves, we take that circle and we say, now I'm sustained, I'm nurtured by my business. And now I have what I need to nurture these families. And then I can really show them, I, I can really believe when I talk to them, yes, you need to build this, this circle of care for yourselves. I'm here to help you do that. I'm the beginning of, of your circle of care for your new family. I'm going to bring, I'm going to help your pediatrician be part of the circle of care. I'm going to help your OB be a part of the circle of care. Those family members that want to come visit, I'm going to teach you how to talk to them so they can be in your circle of care because you don't have to take care of yourself. Yeah. You need to be taken care of. That's sort of like where I go with stuff. Cause I'm, it's just like a, it's like a hug. Like I'm going to make my business hug me. So yeah, I can I like love that. give lactation hugs to my clients and they can hug their babies and then their families are hugging them. And I just get like, just picture this big cuddle pile. Yeah. And I and you know it, it's interesting because kind of one of the things I picture when I see that, you know, if you drop a rock in the center of a lake, you know, the ripples come out in circles and it's like one just goes to the next and goes to the next. And you see this, like the circle gets bigger and bigger and bigger. It's like this ripple effect by nurturing our businesses. We're going to have this ripple effect. That's just going to keep going out and keep going out and reach further and further out into the world, to the universe. But I got to tell you, coming to this concept took 
a lot of evolution. And for us, because you hear where we started out, it wasn't, we didn't start out with this idea or this awareness of how this could actually be. I love that you really came up with this concept because I think this concept was hard earned, (laughs) you know, like being in the trenches and doing it all kind of backwards and maybe not in a healthy way in the beginning and learning the hard way through burnout and exhaustion. Like, oh my gosh, if I'm going to keep this up, there has to be a better way. And it was like burned in the fires that we started thinking or you too, you know, to come up with this concept. But like, I know we've talked about it, you know, a million times. It's like, it was through all this trial and error, trial and error, burnout, burnout, exhaustion, about to throw the towel in. No, I love this job too much. Keep trekking on, figure this out. There has to be a way, you know, like hill climbing this treacherous mountain that we came to the, I, you know, these ideas of like, wait, there has to be a better way. And I love that you've come up with this really almost a visual concept around it so that we can really help other people get this, you know, so that you guys don't have to be burned in the fires <laughs> of burnout totally. and treachery and and have to like go through all that to figure it out. You know, it's been 10 years for Annie and I in this business, in this world. I feel like, and there's only like the last couple of years have we actually gotten to this moment of like, wait a second. I mean, God, but it's been in like way. talking with each other. Like there's a yeah. reason this podcast always needed to be a conversation. Like yeah. it was never not going to be a conversation. And that's what, how you and I, I've always approached it. And in the deeper dives that we develop, they're conversations. Like we yeah. need to talk about this stuff. So if you want to join a deeper dive into nurturing your private practice and expanding the circle of care, it's inside LPEC clinical complexities for private practice. Registration is open now at paperlesslactation.com slash course. And in the next episode coming out in two weeks, Leah and I are going to really build out this idea of the circle of care and take a look at what, what does that actually look like in clinical practice and in the work we do with families. So thank you so much for being here today. And Leah, it's amazing as always to talk with you. And I'm so happy to be back together. This just feels, I love these conversations. They just fill me with so much excitement and just, I feel on fire for our businesses and, and sharing these ideas. I can't wait to have this conversation, just grow and talk to more of you guys about this. So jump on those deeper dives. I can't wait to get to chat with you all. Me too. All right. Bye, Leah. Bye, Bye, everybody. If you enjoyed today's episode, please share it with a friend and leave us a review. Be sure to hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.